Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up everybody? Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm Micah Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts. Thanks for journeying together with us. It's a joy to do life and ministry together and together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're joined by an amazing guest, Jason Romano. I'll introduce him in a second, but what's up, man? How are you? Hi <laughs> guys. Good to be with you. So, so good to be together. And if you're listening or tuning in for the first time or newer, we drop new episodes every Monday. We want to help you Mm -hmm. start and strengthen your ministry and your leadership Mm -hmm. and just believing that God has amazing things going on in store with the next generation. This podcast is about that, the faith of the next generation. And Mm -hmm. Jason Romano is the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. I've followed his work mainly on Twitter for years. He has a story he'll share about formerly being an ESPN producer. So if you're an athlete, if you're interested in sports or interested in a life of faith, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking with Jason about the faith of the next generation. Um, sometimes God calls us to do hard things mm-hmm. or to do things that in the natural don't make sense. And maybe you're up against mm-hmm. a challenge, a hurt, a hurdle, a hang up, or just um, God's stirring something in your heart and you've got to kind of take a leap that feels like maybe well, skydiving or something. This episode is (laughs) going to be for you. And Jason, we just want to toss it to you, man, and get to know you better. And the listener does as well. But can you share some of where you're coming from, your story of life and leadership and just faith journey today? Yeah. By the way, Josiah and Micah, I'm not sky skydiving. That's not happening. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but uh, you said it was like skydiving. So that's good. We're taking a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> good metaphor. But the real thing, not happening, um, at least in, in my lifetime. But no, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on with you guys. Uh, I have had, um, I don't know, a heart and a passion, especially in the last few years, I would say the last five for young people and right. for young adults and you know, that's culminated in the last six months or so. Myself and my wife and my friend Scott and Missy Black are now leading our young adults at our church. So God's kind of brought this full circle in a cool way where we get to talk to you. I get to talk to you today. Um, yeah. We're like right in the middle of developing and growing and ministering to young adults in our own church here in Connecticut. So it's a good time to to have this conversation, I think, as God does some cool things. But my journey, I don't know, it's been one where, you know, I didn't grow up really a person of faith. I went to church as a kid because my grandfather and my mom told me I had to. Um, I made my first communion in my, you know, I got baptized as a baby and did all the good things that a good Catholic uh, kid is supposed to do. But I, I, could have cared less about church if I'm being honest. And, you know, sports was all I cared about. Uh, if there was a God that I was worshiping during those years, it was definitely sports uh, and and my favorite teams and my favorite athletes. So sports was all I cared about, uh, grew up. And as I've gotten to high school and realized I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, although I love playing sports, uh, it was broadcasting that was sort of the next best thing for me. And uh, went into broadcasting and, and really just wanted to be covering sports if that was possible uh, for a job. Uh, It turned out that it worked out that way pretty well as I got to work at ESPN. And I did that for 17 years uh, after a couple Mm -hmm. years in local radio. And I loved my job. I loved the work I got to do and so many experiences and people. And um, I mean, are you, you're paying me to watch football on Sundays? Really? That's what you're going to (laughs) do. I I haven't met a guy yet who says they won't sign up to be paid to watch football on a Sunday. And that's, 
part of just a small snippet of what I, I got to do at ESPN. So that was awesome and um, got saved in 2001. And when I say that, um, I mean, I started the journey of faith with Christ in 2001. I tell people the day I accepted Christ and began the journey, I don't know if I fully understood what I was saying yes to, um, but my brother, Chris, who was the first in our family to become a Christian um, a few years earlier, led me to the Lord. And when he introduced me to Christ and I watched the life that my brother had been living the last few years as a husband, as a dad, just as a man of God, that was intriguing to me and attractive. I was 27 years old and um, had already been married and had the job at ESPN and felt like I had a lot of the things that I had hoped for. Um, we didn't have children yet, which we were hoping for, for, for sure. But I just kind of had a hole that was, you know, in my heart a little bit and needed to be filled, as they say. And I said, yes, but I honestly don't know if I would have gone to heaven that day. I hope I would have if I had died. But it took me about a year to a year and a half to understand the gospel, to understand who Christ was. Um, I got baptized, I guess it would have been May to September. So about a year and a half later, uh, after becoming a follower of Christ, I got baptized. And that's when I fully grasped the gospel and who Jesus was. Um, but as you guys know, and, and especially as we minister to young adults, you never fully get it 100%, which is the Very beautiful sick. journey of faith, is that there's always something new and fresh and, and wonderful about Jesus that as we're chasing after him, he'll reveal that to us. And he's done that now for over 20 years. And last thing I ever thought I'd be telling you guys prior to my 50th birthday, which is coming up in a, a couple months, is that I would be working in ministry with sports and serving young adults in church voluntarily um, and doing it because I just have a hunger for for the Lord, for sure, but a hunger for for people and seeing them, I don't know, come to, to faith and seeing the gospel in a new way. So that's kind of the journey I'm on. I've been married 24 years, uh, almost 24 years. I have a daughter who's uh, 19 years old and beginning her second year of college soon. So um, that's our little family, us three, and and God has been good. Love it. That's so good. Jason, I'm so glad. I feel like you're a person that you don't have to go to work. Like you get to go to work. Mm -hmm. And that's literally the dream of, of Josiah and myself, of many of the audience. Like they want to have a zeal and a passion for the things that God has placed before them. They want to get up with purpose and air in their lungs and something to say and the ability to impact and influence those around. And sports yeah. has just become an amazing outlet for many of our, our listeners. And it's, it's a God we can serve or it's a thing we can do and glorify God in the process of becoming more like him on and off the court or the field or whatever. And I was a personal trainer and fitness instructor. And I, I was able to do the same thing, witness. And they'd see me teaching a class of like a high intensity interval training. And they'd see me preaching on a Thursday night at church. They're like, how many, are there two of you? Like, how is this? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. You went to school for business, but you're a personal trainer and teaching classes. And you want to go to school to be a pastor? Like this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, God works in mysterious ways. Seriously. And my wow. life was actually transformed and changed very similar to yours in the tw in our 20s. And many of our listeners who are pastors, the people tuning in today, they're in their 20s trying to navigate that and trying to find their passion points and trying to discover why am I here? Like, what is my purpose? And being 27 yourself of just seeing like, it took me a year and a half to kind of grasp, what did I say yes to? And that's okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And 
So I'll just be curious, you having a 19 year old, you getting saved and your later twenties of really leaning into this question of like, why do you believe that reaching the next generation and young adult ministry is so vital and crucial in our day and age? Well, I think about myself, you know, I think, but there's two facets of this. I think about myself at 19 and I think about my daughter at 19 and I'm so glad she's where she's at at 19 compared to where I was. Um, not saying she's got it figured out because I don't think any 19 year old has it figured out. Heck, I'm 49 and I don't have it figured out, but there's a hunger and a, and a, and a thirst for, for the Lord that my daughter has, especially craving community that I didn't necessarily know I needed or, or, or even cared about if I'm being honest when I was 19, you know, when I was 19, I was focused on going to college and getting my degree and trying to get a job in broadcasting, but not knowing how to do it. I didn't have a really good circle of friends and community around me uh, at all. I had a few friends that I still talk to today and obviously my brothers, but I, I didn't know that I needed that at 19. And I see my daughter who goes off to a small Christian school in Indiana um, last year as a freshman uh, from Connecticut, by the way. So she goes 12 hours away. Um, and suddenly my, my wife and I are empty nesters and we prayed so hard that she would just find people who are like-minded, who she could pour into and who could pour into her. And I swear to God, it happened in the first two weeks she had her, her crew and her five girls that she just bonded with and connected with. And they ended up taking, you know, spring break together and, and they, they talk on Zoom or FaceTime, you know, in the summer here uh, consistently. And I was like, thank you, Lord. And that's what I think I've seen with young people in general is it's such an easy society today to isolate. Um, we think we're more connected than ever. You know, I didn't have social media when I was 19, but we're, we're less connected than ever because we try to rely on this digital world of our phones uh, or social media to connect us. And I have a lot of people that I met, including the two of you <laughs> through social media. So I'm not bagging social media at all, but real community, like in person, hanging out, just doing mm -hmm. life together. I think it's never too early to start that. And that's what I think. Um, I think I see young people craving and wanting authenticity um, to know that there's something greater and a bigger purpose than just themselves. Because I don't know how you guys were, but in my teens and 20s, that's all I cared about was me. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do and how am I going to succeed and what's going to happen with my life and what job am I going to have and who am I going to marry? Me, 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 me. And when you have community, it forces you to take yourself out of the equation a little bit and to focus on other people's hurts and other people's struggles and other people's victories and celebrate with them and just do life with them. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that my daughter has that, uh, you know, in a much better place than I did when I was 19. And that even goes into your 20s, right? Like I was 27 when I became a, a follower of Christ, but those 20 to 25 range and that 22 to 28 range, man, such it's such an interesting position on life because you feel like, oh, I don't have the perfect job, so I'm not successful or I'm not married yet, so I'm not successful or I haven't had kids yet, I'm not successful. And it's like, man, our worth doesn't have to be found in that type of thing. Right. Um, and that's what I love about showing young people now as an older guy is that my worth can only be found in Christ. Like it's the only sustainable, solid rock that I can put my foot on and teaching them that and, and watching them discover that brings me great joy. 
It's phenomenal. For you, young adults are not a people group or a category. It's personal. Mm -hmm. It it tugs on the strings of your heart. And I have young girls. So I picture when you're talking about your daughter, it's not going to be that long and it'll feel like a few blinks in time, but our daughters will be young adults soon. And I think that the faith of the next generation Mm -hmm. is so, so vital, so important. I'm reminded with your story because I didn't know until we connected here today that you're volunteering and leading with the young adult ministry at your church. And I, I love it. I think that we need more Jason Romanos who just like your daughter is in another state. And it reminds me of our friends, Kevin and Ruth Ann. I asked them for years, like, how come you're so involved with the youth leaders at our church? How come you serve (laughs) with young adults? Because they're in their fifties and sixties. And they said one time, like, look, our son and daughter are in other states and we visit them when we can, and we're, we're their parents for life, but we're doing for the kids at this church, we're doing for the young adults at our community, what we hope somebody does in their mm-hmm. faith communities. Mm-hmm. And when you put it like yeah. that, there's the case for young adult ministry leaders is we need people to pick up the baton and to say, you know what, I'm going to invest in the lives of my kids and in future generations, I'm willing to be a spiritual parent or just a mentor or a friend, a coach, whatever. A, a caring individual and volunteer and serve in the lives of young people. And um, thanks for doing that, man. That, that sometimes I, I, just I appreciate that. Sometimes I feel like, am I, am I too old, right? Like I'm going to be 50 this year. Am I too old to pour into young adults, but I don't feel old. And I have a passion and a hunger to see those people succeed. I'll, I'll tell you where it started was maybe five or six years ago. I was invited to speak at a couple colleges and just share a little bit of my story. And I had a couple books that came out and the ESPN connection was, was something that was appealing to a lot of the, the students in college that were looking at going into broadcasting. And I just saw uh, an untapped people group, yep. you know, a community of people that just were hungry to learn more, to grow. And I wish I had people like that in my life when I was in my twenties. So I don't know, some, but sometimes I do feel like, is there somebody that's more kind of, I don't know how old you guys are. It sounds like you're in your early thirties, but I'm guessing there. Um, you don't look like it. How's that? But um, somebody that's like 32, 33 to pour into a 20 year old. And I do think those people are valuable too, but I've just discovered that it doesn't matter if you were 80 and you had a hunger to pour into young adults, like they all, they were all young adults once too. So hopefully- yeah. Hopefully I'm 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 in a I'm in a good spot and not a, not a spot that doesn't feel right because I, I feel like I'm in a good spot with those young oh, people. You're in a phenomenal spot. You know when we've led young adult ministry mm-hmm. at a local church at first as a young leader, I was in my 20s at the time. I found other young adults in their 20s to lead people in their 20s, and that was okay. Yeah. But it was you that said like, hey, what if we found some people that were a little bit older mm-hmm. to pour in because they've got a mortgage, <laughs> they're not moving next week or next month. And and so I would just say to the young leader who's maybe leading in a young adult ministry, if you can find a Kevin and Ruth Ann who will open up their home, mm-hmm. provide pizza, or if you can find a Jason who will just volunteer mm-hmm. and serve, that makes yeah. such an amazing difference. Um, I think of the couple that you're co-leading with, whether it's Scott uh, and Missy, is it? Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Well, and I just even want to encourage you just, even just Jason or for the listener that you are never too old to learn and 
young people are never too young to teach. And there's always this handoff, this baton that's running this race together and really recognizing and realizing that many individuals in this generation that are currently living do not have parents or do not have a stable home and do not have any spiritual guidance aside from whatever they may be tapping into outside of the word of God. So just even really recognizing and realizing that you're making a difference, whether you're listening to this podcast or you, Jason, and the, the crew of the four of you who just mm. come alongside those young adults it is essential. It is needed. And they're going to value it. Whether you don't hear a thank you, they're saying thank you inside, or they don't know how to say thank you, but yeah. there's definitely fruit that's going to come out of that. And Speaking of fruit, we can be in a season, whether it's good, bad, ugly, like God turns all beautiful things or all things into beautiful aroma, a fragrance back to him when we allow him to do that. He creates and puts all things together for our good when we really sit back and realize that. And for the listener who might not know you or your story, and they're curious, like you used to work for ESPN for 17 years, like what changed? Why would you give up that? There was a limelight. There was the broadcasting side. There was access to people, high level influencers, whatever words you want to use. Jason, I'd just be curious um, if you're willing to share, like what caused you to transition out of ESPN and having that role of broadcasting into what you are currently doing now with the Sports Spectrum podcast and working with those athletes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's It's interesting because as I was growing in my journey at ESPN, I was growing in my faith as well. And that was really exciting, but kind of curious because I kept thinking, God, is this where you want me? I started asking these questions like 10 years into my journey at ESPN. And a couple of times that I would verbally say that to friends or even to my wife, they're like, well, what are you talking about? Like, we're in Connecticut because of your job at ESPN. Why in the world would you think about leaving? And I'm like, well, I'm not thinking about leaving. I'm just trying to follow God's call for my life. And, you know, 15 years in, uh, 2015, I attended a conference, a small gathering was really what it was, of social media influencers, if you will call them that, in the Christian space. And it was called Best of SMS. And it was in Nashville, Tennessee. And Matt Brown, who I think you mentioned earlier, was one of the catalysts on that conference uh, initially and invited me to come speak. And I said, yes, I'd never been really invited to speak at anything at that time ever. Um, Mm -hmm. I hadn't even preached at my church yet. Like 2015 was a big year for me because I discovered that I really enjoyed speaking and sharing as well. But I had never done that before. So I went and at the time at ESPN, you know, I had gone through the transition of being a radio producer, then a television talent producer, and then a social media manager, director, digital media manager, or director. At the time that Matt invited me, I was I was working in social media at ESPN. And I love my job, and I was you know forty one I think at the time, and um, a little bit older on the older side for the young social media bucks that I was working with. But I loved kind of discovering this new medium and figuring out ways to share um, you know stories of sports on social media. So Matt invites me, and I see about seventy five to eighty people who are at this conference, and they're all working for a church or a faith based nonprofit or something leading their social media teams, their digital media teams. So basically doing the same job that I was doing, but what I presumed to be was for a greater purpose, right? Like they were working in ministry, if you will, for the Lord. And I got to tell you, when I walked out of that conference, being really the only person from a secular organization that was even there, um, I started having real deep thoughts about, well, maybe God would want me to 
work in ministry and take all of the experiences and the talents and whatever the gifts that God had given me for sports and for broadcasting and do it in some sort of ministry capacity. But I had no idea what that looked like, but it was the first time that I really started thinking about what would that look like to leave? And that thought never went away. (laughs) So the next year in 2016, I'm going to work on a show called Mike and Mike in the morning, which was a very popular morning show at ESPN for years and years. Uh, And it happened to be my last year at ESPN, my last full year was working on that show. And I had so much fun. Like that was, that was the most fun I'd had in 17 years was my last year. Mm -hmm. We got to go on trips. We got to go to the world series, the final four, the NBA finals, all of the big events, the Super Bowl, college, college football championship, like all of the big events that you would want to go to if you worked in sports. And I was at these events and yet I still had this thought, God, is this still where you want me to be? Wow. And so that's when I kind of realized it was from God because I'm having the time of my life in 2016 working at ESPN, you know, 40, whatever. I was 42 at the time. And, but I also started praying a lot, talking to people outside of the sports world and certainly the ESPN world. And just, I spent a lot of afternoons in the summers of 2016 talking to people and asking them questions like, Am I crazy if I'm thinking about leaving ESPN? And to say those words audibly scared me to even say those words. But I'm like, I think this is what God is steering me towards. I just don't know when or how or where. And not a single person said I was crazy, which was nice. They all said, no, if this is the Lord speaking, this is good that you're at least asking these questions. Um, And one of my friends that I talked to, Brad, said, listen, Jason, if you leave, be careful because the doors are going to swing wide open for you. And I almost laughed at him. I'm like, how is that even possible? Because there is nothing bigger than ESPN. So no doors are going to swing wide open. I said, I'm just trying to follow God's call. And he's like, that's what I mean. When you follow his call, he blows your mind and he does things that you could never have seen coming or expected. And he was right. Because late in 2016, I met a guy named Steve Stenstrom. And Steve talked to me about Sports Spectrum and about this ministry that is a media company doing a lot of the things that I did at ESPN, but their purpose is to share the gospel through the stories that are taking place in the sports world. So now you're talking about sports and you're talking about Jesus coming together. And we just had a long conversation one one time in Atlanta. I think it was in late fall of that year. And he presented me with an opportunity to leave. Uh, Now, guys, I don't know how you would be if, let's just say, you know, Micah, Josiah comes to you and says, I'm thinking about leaving the current job I'm in for this job. I feel like God is steering me there, but it's a 40% pay cut. Uh, there's no guarantees outside of one year, and, um, and, and there's no benefits. There's no you know health insurance. There's nothing. I don't know what you would say, Micah, but that was my fear was to talk to Dawn and my wife and, and say that to her, knowing that her answer was going to be absolutely not. But she's coming from a place of the world and bills and things that we have to pay at first. And I just said to her, listen, I said, I know it's a 40% pay cut. I know it's a lot of money. I know there's no certainty. But if this is from God, he'll see it through. If it's from Jason, it'll crumble pretty quickly. And we'll move on to going, maybe I'll go back to ESPN. I don't know what I'll do. I said, but I believe that this is the Lord. And I, I kept saying, trust me. And sometimes... I don't know how you are, Mike, but sometimes the wives are like, yeah, I, I trust God and I trust me, but I don't trust you. Sometimes <laughs> that happens. 
Uh, but she thankfully, <laughs> we prayed together. You know, we, we, we sought the Lord and it was the time to move. And that's what it was. And it was, in essence, a leap of faith. You know, mm -hmm. we hear that thrown around a lot. It's exactly what it was. Um, I'm happy to say six years later that the Lord has been incredible, that he has blown my mind. He has opened up doors I never saw coming, like speaking, like writing books and things like that. Um, and really ultimately fulfilling my lifelong dream, which was to host my own show. Um, but I never thought it would be doing it in this space. Uh, but here we are talking to athletes, getting to know so many of them, the coaches that love Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed sometimes when I think about what the Lord's done in the last six years. So I apologize that that was a long answer, but there's so much that went into that mm -hmm. decision. And ultimately now looking back is when you can really see the Lord's plan and how it kind of took fruition. And uh, it's just incredible to see what he's done. It is incredible. And <laughs> it, it, does it sound familiar? It is. It sounds like our story. What actually. would you say? Oh, wow. What would you say if, if we <laughs> what would you what say? What would you say? I said, God's already been speaking to me the last year. He's yeah. been working on him. <laughs> Yes, right. So I think sometimes we, if you're married and if you're listening or even in this conversation, like God's preparing hearts and we do need to For trust. Sure. And sometimes we need to trust blindly, <laughs> even no. though we know we're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And um, it's yeah, we took that leap of faith in June 2020. This, this year, we celebrated mm -hmm. one year of the nonprofit organization mm -hmm. taking a leap of faith of saying, hey, we're leaving our jobs, leaving our paychecks, wow. leaving the benefits. And so wait, yeah. who are you going to work for? <laughs> like what, what job are you going to have? Well, it's a job. We're just creating it. We're starting something new. that's never existed before. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll share this Jason and with the listener, because for me, we have two young kids, a mortgage. We're in that season of life. And uh, yeah. the number one fear that was holding me captive or holding me mm. back um, because we had given a four year commitment to our last job and it was up last May. And mm -hmm. so we we're like, okay, do we re up four more years or like, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And we yeah. knew we had this dream. We knew we had this idea or vision of young adults today, but I was worried about paychecks and I did the math one day. I was like, okay. So at the time I'm like 30, 31. Yeah. And let's just say 30 years. I'm worried about monthly mortgage payments for 30 years. So the number that I'm afraid of is 360. Right. Like that's what I'm afraid of. And when, I mean, there's, I could like what God spoke to me. Okay. Fear not is in scripture about 360 times. It's, and it's like the provision or the faith. It's like, even if you have a job that you think is certain for 30 years, it's Any not. company could go under. It's not, you know what I mean? So does it take faith? Yes. But I would rather not have to look back and wonder what if we had followed God. Yeah. And right, so right. that's a whole tangent in and of By itself. the way, guys, I mean, I don't know if you've been following the news, but since 2017, when I left ESPN and I left on my own, I was not laid off or let go, but they've had about three or four rounds of layoffs since 2017 and i'm not bashing espn i love i love my time there and i love the people that i got to work with but i feel like the lord got me out at the right time because i've seen so many amazingly wonderful people who thought they would be there forever and i was kind of one of those at, at one point but who thought they'd be there forever that had you know the rug pulled right out from them and their job was no longer gonna happen 
And people who were there 25, 30 years were let go and now have to figure out what to do with the rest of their life work-wise and mm -hmm. didn't have necessarily a plan. Maybe some of them did, but I saw so many good people lose their jobs. And I thought every single time, and maybe, maybe it's selfish, but I'm like, thank you, God, that you, you brought me to where you brought me at the time you brought me to there. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, that I'm anything special or that I would even have gotten laid off. I don't know. Maybe I could have gone another 30 years, like you say, but there's nothing that's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's, you know, I'm glad you guys went through it at a younger age than I did. Cause I think when you get into your forties, you know, I was kind of at halftime of life, if you will, that 42 range. I mean, maybe we'll live to be 90 or a hundred, but the average lifespan is about 80 to 85 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I felt like at 41, 42, I'm kind of halftime of life. And what did I want mm -hmm. for the rest of my life? Yeah. And I read this book called Halftime, ironically, From Success to Significance. And it was like, I'd have all the success in the world in terms of the job and making money and you know uh, all the opportunities, but what's the significance? What am I doing with that? And sometimes that means staying at ESPN, but still working towards significance in your local church and somewhere else. But for others, it might be, call, be being called out of that specific job into somewhere else, which is a little scary and a little dangerous but I think that's where God does his best work when it's scary and when it's dangerous, because it means we're trusting all in him and not anything that we can control. Uh, so it. yeah, that book changed a lot too, for me, and especially at the time I was at. So seriously, I love it. Well, Jason, for the person who like, I want to take a one step deeper right there for the person who might be listening, whether they're in ministry or in the marketplace, wherever they're at in life, what yeah. advice would you give somebody who might feel the tension that you just kind of described? Like, Oh, I might have to leave my job. I might need to step in or out of the marketplace. What? And step out into the unknown. Like you did that. We've done that. How would you encourage them or what advice would you have for that person who's almost like on that diving board, bouncing up and down, yelling one, two, <laughs> and don't know if there's a jump on three and if God's going to catch them, what would you say to them? Uh, the first thing I would say is um, don't, don't get too scared if that thought gets, you know, kind of pops into your head a little bit. Don't get scared. Um, that, that probably is the Lord kind of just, you know, knocking on the door a little bit saying, Hey, just, I'm still here. Remember that. Um, I think seek prayer for sure. Um, the wise counsel thing is something that, you know, we talk about it's, it's, it's in the Bible, seek wise counsel <clears throat> all over Proverbs, but it's true. I remember the very first person I told outside of my, um, you know, my wife, uh, of even having this thought was my pastor. Um, he's since passed on. He, he, he passed away earlier this year at, at, I think he was close to 70 years old, but he was about 20 years older than me. And I, I went to him and I said, am I crazy? Is this nuts? And he just looked at me and he goes, you got bit. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you wow. got bit by the Holy Spirit, my friend. He goes, you're not crazy, um, but just make sure it's not a, an irrational decision. You know, you're not, um, you're not just doing something to do it if it feels good. Like you're actually praying, you're seeking God, you're, you're seeking wise counsel. You know, I told you I had all these different conversations with people. I would do that. Um, if all of those people that I talked to, and it was probably a good 20 or more that I talked to, if they all said, you're crazy, this does not feel right, probably not a good idea, Jason, then I probably wouldn't have taken that leap. And honestly, it probably wasn't going to be from God <laughs> um, at that point. So I think it's important, especially if you're young and you're going through like a pivot in life to just seek wise counsel and hear what they're saying. It doesn't mean they're all right or it doesn't mean they're all wrong. 
But I think you'll get a good idea of, especially the people of God, right? The people mm. who are following Jesus um, faithfully, you know, talk to those people um, and really kind of sense where they might be leading and, and thinking about with this as well, and then pray with them. And and God usually does his, he does his thing when you seek him in prayer. Like he yeah. gives you an answer. It might be yes, it might be no, it might might be not right now. To be honest with you guys, the not right now was my answer for the first I don't know, 10 or 11 months um, because I hadn't had any kind of clear plan or clear direction, but I knew God was kind of maybe calling me away. And then it went from not right now to, okay, this is it. This is time. And, you know, that was God preparing my heart for when the time was right to step through and step in. So I think for young people to kind of just be patient and it's hard to be patient, but I think if you're feeling that nudge or that tug, um, pray about it and certainly talk to people who can help you along the journey. That's so good. I think for us, I'll speak into us. We serve a God of peace. So mm-hmm. when that nudge and that prompting happens, that's an inkling that, Ooh, I should probably be praying into this position or my role or the timing. And then when there's that peace, there's also that release, like, Hey, these are no longer your people. This is no longer your role. These are no longer your responsibilities. Is it painful? And does it hurt? And is it the new kind of scare you? Yeah. That's kind of the thrill of serving God of like, okay, we're going to step out into the unknown Lord and trust that on three, when we jump, you will catch us as we dive in head first. (laughs) And when we asked people that question, like, are we crazy? They said, yes. And we love it because we know (laughs) this makes sense for you. Like this makes sense. So they told us we were crazy in the best way possible, but yes, seek wise counsel. (laughs) You know what else too, Josiah, I told young adults just last week when we met, we were broke up into small groups and we were talking through some things. Just, I love the timing of this conversation and young people, we were, all the guys were in one group and the the women were in the other um, area of the church. And they asked me like, what would you do if you're not sure about this decision? And I just said something like, don't make any decision based upon money. And I was talking to them, knowing that so many of their decisions are based upon money, whether it's college, whether it's the first job, whether it's the the career, whatever, it's all, I understand like money is so important and you want to begin the life journey of being able to be on your own. But I'm like, where's your heart? Where's your mind? Where's your connection with God? And, and then where does that align with potentially being able to work and do a job that you enjoy? Um, God might make you, you know, a plumber and put you in that for a reason. And you're like the best plumber and maybe it pays well, but it's also a great opportunity to, to be a light for Christ, right? Right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't make any decisions. I told them any big decisions solely based on money. Because if you do, you might make all the money in the world, but are you really going to be following God's guidance and call? And, and are you, are you going to experience the joy and the peace that you guys just talked about in that? Um, it doesn't mean you can't, you know, it doesn't mean that might be the place to go, but don't just make a decision based upon money. So I wanted to add that because you guys mentioned for advice, like that's a big one mm-hmm. that and all of them kind of shook their heads like, oh, okay. Like it was like an eye-opening experience for them to hear, not to make a decision about money because I think so many of them are so focused on, you know, yeah. making extra money. It's phenomenal. I love that subtitle of the book that you mentioned from success to significance and this halftime shift of like, what's the goal? What's the focus? And being yeah. you know, being driven, that, that kind of makes sense. But then thinking long-term, it's like, what is the legacy? What is the significance? What's the purpose, what's the meaning of it all. And we all are designed, I believe with eternity 
written on our hearts, placed there by God with that question that will stir us. It will provoke us in the best way. And Tim Elmore, who's been on this podcast, he's a oh. generational uh, researcher and author and speaker. He he posted this recently and it spoke to me. He said, 20 years from now, the only people who will remember that you worked late is your family. <laughs> so true. And oh, that's when he good. posted that, it was like, whoa, that helps that helps me think even just that 20 years from now, will it matter? You know, for me taking a flight, like on an airplane last week, I was in Atlanta. And so on the way there and on the way back, it kind of helped me zoom out and get God's view, or at least a bigger view than my own to go, oh, the problems that I think about, the things that I'm afraid of, I can't even see up here. I can't right. <laughs> even see the neighborhood that we live in. And our house is kind of a blip on the radar at that. And yep. I think thinking as big picture as we can of the vastness of the glory of God, but then the scope of such a limited vapor, a mist, a breath mm -hmm. that our life is. And we want to live lives that glorify God and make much of him. And um, that's some spot on advice. So to follow it up, yeah, love mm -hmm. to put five minutes on the clock. All and right. We call mm -hmm. Jason the five and five. It's like, you Rapid know, the two, two minute drill in football or the home run derby in baseball, or you get the idea. Here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, three point contest in basketball, but we're going to throw five minutes on the clock, ask you a little bit rapid fire and I'll start, you start us off. which is what's God been teaching you lately? He has been teaching me that some days you're going to be uh, in a great place. Some days you're going to be in a not so great place, but he doesn't change, you know, and, and Hebrews talks about being the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who Jesus is. And, you know, we tend to think that when things are going great, when things are not going great, we tend to forget that. And I think we got to remember that in the good days and the bad days and the in the highest of joys and the kind of lowest of lows, he is not changing. He's the same. And that's been bringing some comfort to me lately. So good. Okay. Question number two, what is on your heart for young adult leaders right now? Young adult leaders. Um, my heart, I think, is to remember that not every young adult is the same even though we classify them in the in that sort of genre of people you know you're 18 to 30 so you are a young adult but my goodness they're in so many different phases of life some are married some have kids some are just in college some are brand new in their faith some have been a christian since they were babies i got i, I just want i think this is for myself as well but for people to remember that each and every individual is a little bit different and they're all in different spaces of life, different phases of life. You guys mentioned to it earlier that maybe some of them grew up with a real good, stable home. Some of them may, may not have. And so we can't just lump young adults all into the same section and say they're the same thing. Got to remember that every one of them has a unique story. And that's why community is so important for us mm -hmm. to get to know everybody as best as possible, to hang out with them and understand where they're at, because everybody's journey is different. Good. It's phenomenal. I'm reminded of just this concept of like a mosaic. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's like broken glass or broken pottery that, and we're all broken vessels, right? right. And then God takes little pieces and, and makes a, a masterpiece called the bride of Christ, his church. That's not the same mm -hmm. if your piece is missing. And so you're mm -hmm. welcome and you're wanted and you don't need to look the same. Like you are unique. So 
yes. spot on to that. Yeah. And here's the curveball or the right. turnover is uh, flip it on us. Like what's one question that you'd want to mm. find out about from me and from Micah? What is the great lesson that you've learned serving young adults these last few years, specifically because you have two young kids? Um, because a lot of people will use the excuse, at least in our church, to say, I got young kids, I just, I just can't right now. When they get older, maybe. And, and there's probably some truth into my wife and I having said that too. We only have one child, but there was some truth when she was younger to say, it's just, it's just hard because you, your young kids are a lot. So how have you guys been able to, or what have you learned in serving the young adults and kind of being connected into that community, but also trying to be parents yourself to young kids? Oh man, I think what comes to my mind is our marriage and our family is a living testimony to any young adult that comes through our door on a weekly basis for a Bible study. And we can either hide our children from the reality of the world, or we can include them in the ministry and the calling of Jesus Christ and bring them into our everyday living. So I think what we've been able to do is invite young adults into our home to see those two dynamics and for our children to understand like, hey, we're going to have some new friends over here and we're going to learn about Jesus tonight. So really including them in the process of who God is, what he wants to do and letting each of our stories become a testimony and not not make kids an excuse because they're part of our family. And I think we're not going to lean on that of like, oh, we can't do X, Y, and Z. We're going to include them as much as we can to a healthy degree, a healthy level on both ends for the young adults and our children, and let that be a living testimony. And I think when we even announced our older daughter, Aurora, we were led Kai Alpha on a campus. We played this hangman game. And one of the kids was so excited that we were having our first baby. He was jumping up and down. He's like, you're having a baby. I'm like, to see the joy and excitement of somebody who's never been in a relationship, who's kind of in a, a broken home, a dad, an alcoholic, and he just comes to our house and feels like he can be at home for him yeah. to be that joyful for us, who we only knew for maybe a year at the time. Yeah. At the time. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's cool. a testimony of excitement of life on all spectrums. So that's what comes to my mind, I guess, is just the opportunity of testimony of how we love each other, how we communicate, how we parent, how we function in a home. Like, so. That's so good. I think mine is similar. And the, maybe the different angle that I see it is I've learned to rely less on myself because I could be a ball hog or, you know, it's this whole Ephesians equip the saints and so what I've realized is that I can't be everyone's pastor, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do for a few what I wish I could do for everyone for sure. But then it's like, can I get really good at making introductions and making connections where I can't have probably as many late night um, I could probably do more early morning coffees, but just my season of life currently late nights might not be as feasible for our family, but mm -hmm. we can give up a couple nights in each week, or we can do some. And so then it's like, how can I leverage my time, but then make introductions and rely on some pillars in the church or some elders in the church and help be kind of almost a mentor matchmaker of, wow, I know mm -hmm. a couple hundred young adults who are all asking the same question of a mentor. Mm -hmm. And I know a few hundred qualified mentors. How do we mix this up and help you meet each other? And just yeah. stuff like that, because yeah. And and then relying too more on the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. of, I don't have as much 
free time. At least my perception is I feel as though I don't have as much free time as I did in my 20s or in college, but mm. I'm going to leverage what I can. And then I'm going to be honest about what I can't, but rely on the Holy Spirit. So when I'm mentoring someone, mm-hmm. I don't have time to just mess around for an hour. It's like, bring questions and I'm going to challenge you. I'm going yeah, <laughs> to be intentional with this time mm. and uh, make the most of it. So good. I like that. See, I, I, I knew you guys would have a good answer on that. So. <laughs> That's a good question. A phenomenal yeah. question. Oh my gosh. Well, back to you, Jason. This is question number four. What's your hope for the listener today? Just in general. I think just to know that there, there's some of the things that you said too, Mike, and just knowing that they're not alone, that they matter, that they're valued, um, that they don't have to figure it, have it all figured out. Um, you know, people often will come to me and say, what a career you've had and what a life you've lived. And I'm like, if you only knew <clears throat> the different zags that I had to take in the, you know, in this road of life that I've been on, you know, you mentioned, a, you know, a, my, an alcoholic, my dad is an alcoholic and I struggled, you know, and for many years and had a broken relationship with my own dad. So that isn't something, you know, you broadcast out there every single time you have a conversation with someone, but I want people to know that like, they're not alone. And Maybe I'm not the person that they can relate to the most, but somebody out there is. Um, and hopefully, you know, as we walk through life together um, and whatever stage of life that we're at, that we can all find, you know, peace and love in, in Christ and know that he's the center of, of all that we do, but also to know that, you know, we're all kind of messed up and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's when God does his best work in, in the brokenness and the messiness of life. And I think especially for young people that might be listening, um, it's going to continue to be messy. I hate to say that. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to be scared of that messiness because there's people who've walked in front of you and made it through to the other side. And when Christ is leading, you're not you're not going in the wrong direction. You're going in the right direction. Good. It's amazing, Jason. Fun conversation to hear about just the life of faith and career pivots and serving in young adult ministry and just having a heart for your daughter, for the faith of the mm-hmm. next generation. And yeah. uh, we heard your testimony. One of the stories that's or questions that's off script, it's five of five, but yeah. you sit in a seat where you hear a lot of testimonies. You hear a lot of people who are maybe athletes or um, people who meet Jesus and he tends to change everything, just radically mm-hmm. changes everything. And even revelation talks about we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Do you have, is there a story of somebody that you've come across that comes to mind? Is just like, that's a really cool story of life change or testimony of faith in God. So I'm staring to my left because I have a three month scheduled of podcasts that I've recorded recently. Cause those are the ones that are going to come to mind. And most of them are already recorded, um, which is great. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one. I talked to um, Kendrick Bourne recently. He's a wide receiver with the new England Patriots. And this is a guy, this, this podcast on sports spectrum will be running at the end of July um, when it's released to everybody. But his story, he was all caught up in the, the world of football. Like he grew up, kind of going to church and knowing about Jesus, but he got caught up in the world and the world was come and hang out at the club and buy all the bling. And, you know, you're a millionaire. So, you know, live it up the lap of luxury. Right. And he wasn't being the best version of himself. And he found himself kind of caught up in drugs and had this 
powerful moment, I guess, over three days where he he was at a club and, and woke up the next day, didn't know where he was, and ultimately gave his life to Jesus like right there because he had had people speaking into his life at, at the mm -hmm. Patriots recently. And that was kind of implanted in his heart. And he just went down this path where he realized, what am I doing here? I don't want this anymore. And God miraculously did a work in him. And, uh, and now he's, he's all focused and at least from what I gathered from talking to him on the gospel and doing things the right way. And he even admitted he didn't do his job a hundred percent, you know, and to think about that, a wide receiver in the NFL, um, just kind of going through the motions because he just thought he was, you know, all that. And he said, the Lord has like broken down so much in his life and allowed him to repair it and rebuild it in such a cool way to where now he wants to be a wide receiver and, and an effective wide receiver in the NFL, but he wants to do it for a different purpose. And the more I hear stories like that, the more I just shake my head and say, thank you, God, that we have this platform to be able to tell these stories that others won't tell or, or won't even ask to, to discover. And Kendrick Bourne was one of those guys when I walked away talking to him. I mean, he's so full of joy right now. He's smiling and, you know, <laughs> just, I don't know. It was just really cool to talk to a guy like that who's probably, I think he's 27. You know, he's been wow. in Super Bowls and he's made his millions and he still wants to, to be the best version of himself with the Patriots. But God's got a hold of his life. And it, it was really cool to watch. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, Jason, thanks so much for your time, for sharing that story, your story, and just your investment into the young adult ministry community. Yeah, you guys are both awesome. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Um, hope we get to do it again sometime, but thank you so much. Amazing. Well, you're listening to the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this I'm with someone you know. Right Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.